This is our second session now on Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. And we're going to focus this time and maybe next time on the deadness that all of us, Jew and Gentile, experienced before we were made alive, according to verse 5. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the age of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Lord, it is a fearful thing to be dead and need to be made alive and to be helpless to make ourselves alive and so grant a right understanding and a right fear and trembling at the condition that we were in before we were saved and that others are still in and from which they need to be saved. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing I want to say is that the dreadfulness of the condition that we were in and from which we needed to be saved. Here's verse 5. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So whenever we think of saved in Ephesians, we're being saved from this. Now, the reason I stress it is because so many of us think that what you need to really feel the awfulness of the condition you were in before you were saved is some amazing testimony that you were on drugs or that you were a thief or that you were a murderer or a rapist and God saved you. Look, those who have such backgrounds can't begin to feel the dreadfulness from which they were saved if all they know is rape and murder and theft and lying. That was not the main problem. And all of us, whether you were squeaky clean as a teenager and never did anything wrong, it seemed like, you were dead. And therefore, what we need to know is what the Bible says about our condition. This needs to be taught to every believer so that those who were in the worst condition, like the Apostle Paul, who was a murderer, learns from the Bible how hopeless we were. So that's the first thing I want to say is don't think that if you can't remember the life from which you were saved, like I can't, I can't remember my life before I was six years old. I probably didn't kill anybody. (laughs) This teaches me my condition. All of this horrible description is me. And unless I'm taught it by someone, pastor teaches it to me or the Bible teaches it to me, I'll never know what I was saved from. And most people don't. They haven't been taught what it took to save them because they haven't been taught from which they were saved. That's the first thing. The second thing is to ask in what sense we were dead. Clearly, (laughs) we are not physically dead. We are not 
emotionally dead. We are not volitionally dead in some sense because, look, we're very busy trespassing the laws of God. We're very busy sinning. We're very busy walking around. Our bodies are just fine, right? We're very busy bringing our lives into accord with the age of this world. We're just living high and off the hog as we are in accord with this age. And we are living in accord with the prince of the power of the air. We're very active. Or among whom we all once conducted ourselves. We're very busy conducting ourselves and our passions are working and our our desires are working and the mind is working. So what's with dead? That's our question. In what sense are we dead when look at all this activity, for goodness sakes, just look around you at the world. People are smart and they're volitionally engaged and they're emotionally alive and they're creating and doing all kinds of things. And here are these Christians saying they're dead. What in the world does that mean? In what sense are we dead? In trespasses and sins, does that mean that the trespasses and sins are underneath the deadness causing it? Or that the deadness is underneath the trespasses causing them? Here's a good clue. We are called sons of disobedience. And we are called children of wrath by nature. So there is a sense in which we have a nature, a nature that merits wrath. And this nature is in this word sons of disobedience, because this this is a picture that says our parents, mom and dad, are Mr. and Mrs. Disobedience. And they have babies, and their babies are us. And we have their nature. So my first inclination, based on this and this, is to say, this is underneath that. I am by nature something of a child of wrath. I am by nature a son of disobedience, and therefore I'm living in trespasses and sins. I'm breaking laws, and I'm dishonoring God in the things that I do. Now. The question becomes then, um, is there a clue as to what the nature of this nature is? Let's take this phrase, son of disobedience. It occurs one other time in Ephesians, namely Ephesians 5, 6 to 8. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. There you have the connection between, by nature, children of wrath and sons of disobedience, like we saw in chapter 2. Keep reading. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you, at one time, you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So, another way of describing the condition of the, by nature, children of wrath and sons of disobedience is darkness, meaning blindness to spiritual things, probably, because since we're walking in tune with the spirit of this age and the prince of the power of the air, don't you think we should learn about our darkness from this text? 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, 
the God of this world, the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air. We'll say more about him later, but there he is. The God of this world has blinded. There's the darkness. The darkness. What are we blinded to? I mean, we can get to the moon. We can build skyscrapers. We can build computers. What do you mean we're blind? Blind. He has blinded the minds of of PhDs and simple folks. The minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing what? The light. The light that shines out of the gospel with the glory of Christ. The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. We are in the dark because this light isn't getting through and can't get through because we are blind. So you go back to Ephesians 4 and you see it confirmed. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened. So that's the darkness of 5-7 and the blindness of 2 Corinthians 4, 4. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance. They don't know the glory, the beauty, the worth of Christ or the gospel or God or salvation. And you would think, oh, is that the bottom of the problem? Ignorance? It's not. Here's the bottom. Due, so this ignorance is due to the hardness of heart. So there is the bottom of the problem. By nature, children of wrath means hard of heart. Sons of disobedience means hard of heart. Dead means hard of heart, and the hardness produces ignorance or darkness or blindness. And you can't see the glory of God in Christ, and therefore you are shut up to trespasses and sins. We fall right into accord with the spirit of the age. We fall right into accord with the prince of the power of the air because even though our bodies are very active, our minds are thinking, our wills are choosing, our emotions are embracing, all of them are blind to glory, divine glory. They can't see it. So next time we ask, really? Can't? Is this deadness as dead as it really seems? Is that how hopeless we were? 